Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bigly Blast. I don't know if you saw this, but the celebration yesterday in Buenos Aires was so insane that Argentina's soccer team had to be airlifted out of their own championship parade. But I really hope Matt Ishbia saw it because that is the same kind of scene and vibe and communal loving he can create if he delivers the Suns to the finish line because this opportunity is incredible. The Suns have not won a championship in their 55 years of existence. They are one of the last few great tales of endurance, pain, and suffering in American sports, and they are the Valley's first love and original franchise. So just like the Bills or the Vikings winning a Super Bowl, the Suns' first title will be a transcendent experience. Of course, the new guy is going to have to prove he's more like Jerry Colangelo and less like Robert Sarver, but I really like our odds. Magic Johnson even told the other 29 NBA owners to watch out, which of course is Spartan pride speaking, but meaningful nonetheless. And more than anything, this is a reprieve for the long-suffering fans in the Valley who've had a deal with the dysfunction that soiled most of Sarver's 18 years in Arizona. And to think how close that man was to lifting a trophy. Just imagine if Devin Booker had made that shot over Drew Holiday in Game 5 a couple of years ago. But this isn't about the past. Because today, it feels like we've finally been unchained and liberated from that past. And now a new era awaits. Let's hope this one gives us the moment and the parade we've all been waiting for. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury affordable. They've got two great locations and you can find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. As everywhere you look. At workstations, during sales calls, there are trophies for the company's biggest wins in intramural sports like basketball, dodgeball, and beach volleyball. This is not that complicated. Get the best people to join your team, right? Just like in sports. Train them, coach them to be the best for themselves, like Izzo used to do with us, and then treat them so well they never want to leave. It's a familiar formula to some of Ishbia's top people. That is uh, Matt Ishbia, the profile, recent profile that HBO's Real Sports did on him uh, in his role as a deep-pocketed booster to Michigan State Athletics where he wore the basketball uniform for three years as a walk-on, was part of a national championship team. And uh, kind of out of left field, out of the clear blue, yesterday the news broke that Matt Ishbia is going to be the guy. Uh, that's going to be the owner of the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury to the tune of a record $4 billion. Mm-hmm. His brother Justin uh, also making a substantial contribution to this sale and will uh, serve ultimately as an alternate governor for, for the Suns. But we're starting to get some clarity on direction. Um, you know, yesterday for me, and probably was for you too, Bick, and I know you got a good column up at ArizonaSports.com on this subject as well that I suggest people read, but there was a lot of research going on. I don't know a lot about Matt Ishbia. Oh, yeah. I don't remember the walk-on or 17th player from the 2000 National Championship team. So, um, you know, with, with with what you've been, we've been through in Phoenix... There is that fear of the unknown. So in your research, you're looking for these red flags, mm-hmm. these things that pop up. And, you know, the, the worst I could find uh, on, on Matt Ishbia, it didn't have anything to do with workplace culture or how he runs businesses or anything. It was just the reaction. Oh, great. What, what the NBA needs, another mortgage broker. Well, 
that's how he made his money. Uh, and he built that company into a giant in that industry. But if that's the worst you can find right now, right? Uh, I think you're starting off at a pretty good place. But again, but again, but there's no history of him owning a sports franchise. That is true. And so that and that can change people. And, and then people very rarely do people have have the wherewithal and the self awareness to to invest that kind of money into something that is so um, ego driven, such a vanity play that comes with such adrenaline rushes, and then have the restraint to kind of not smother it to death or not be involved too much. So we're going to see. We're going to see how it all plays out. But like I said in the blast, like I wrote my column, I really do like our chances this time around. I've also, you know, uh, there have been any number of very similar times when owners take over and you think it's going to be all pie in the sky, great stuff. And then you go, oh, I didn't know we signed up for that. So we just have to be cognizant of that. This is not, nothing's guaranteed until we see it ourselves. But the, the reports out of the culture that he has built in the company that he owns and is, is built into quite a financial behemoth. I, I'm, I'm encouraged by that. I'm encouraged by Magic Johnson's vote of confidence. I'm encouraged by the fact that this guy was basically uh, raised athletically by Tom Izzo. That's uh, that's a good deal, in my opinion. And the fact that he was part of a championship team means he really does understand basketball. And so that so but but again, you don't know what that means. Does that mean because he understands basketball that he wants to be parts of all these conversations? These are things we're going to have to find out. But I I think this is just a a, such a joyous day for the Phoenix Suns, because even though we knew Robert Sarver was selling the team, we didn't know the when we didn't know the to who. Uh um, And I, I think this thing has been resolved in a way at the time that this thing needs to be resolved, because seriously, for all. When the Suns get their championship, it is going to be so much different than the Diamondbacks because it will be the it will be the antithesis of the quick fix checkbook championship. Uh, there's been suffering. There's been perspective. There's been heartbreak. There's been misfortune. There's been conspiracy theories. There's been referee malfeasance. There's been heavy-handed commissioners who took a gavel and hit this entire market over the head with it. There's been a lot of stuff. And so, and all that stuff is going to make that trophy and that parade that much sweeter. Again, it won't be like what went down in Argentina. I don't know if you saw that, but it was mm-hmm. insane. I Dead. Yeah, well, they got to take the guys off buses and put yeah. them on helicopters. Hel- yeah, because the, because the infrastructure was so throttled with people, there was nowhere to go. They couldn't go, and people were trying to jump off of overpasses onto the bus mm-hmm. as it passed mm-hmm. underneath the overpass. I yeah. think they said y'all four, are crazy. Four yes. million people yeah. in the parade route. Yeah. Wow. But if they would have lost, would they have gotten 300,000 like we did <laughs> in the <laughs> back in 93? No, that's the point. Try us. So, so that I, I hope Matt Ishbia is aware of what he is uh, – Acquiring and how special this basketball team is to this market and what it means to the people here and what it might mean if and when he can, you know, deliver this team to a championship. There's there's so much out there that can be done to, to kind of connect with the Valley. You know how I've been with the statue for Jerry Colangelo and the idea of a statue park outside the Footprint Center where there's all that space. Man, I'm telling you, people would go nuts for that. You put up a statue of Jerry Colangelo, Al McCoy, Charles Barkley, oh Diana Taurasi, and you add people would be taking selfies with that. It would be such a point of communal pride, and I hope this guy, being of generous spirit, will will recognize that and recognize the the communal value of the property he just he just purchased.
Yeah, and part of the, the, the profile on HBO's Real Sports, too, I mean, he's been a very, very generous donor back to his alma mater. He gave a $32 million gift to Michigan State Athletics. And, you know, you wonder about how meddling will an owner be? How involved will they want to be in the day-to-day? It can be viewed as a detriment. It has been a detriment for the Phoenix Suns in their history. Um, now, being a booster and being an owner are two different things. But Tom Izzo in the in the profile actually talked about that. Like, um, Ishbia gives a lot of money, but he's not trying to be the boss. You know, that's the funny part. There are a lot of demanding boosters that think right away if they give something, they own the place. Not Matt Ishbia. All right, so again, being a booster and an owner are two different, because he will own the place. Yeah, right, because he will own the place, that's right. <laughs> but it doesn't seem like that's in his nature right now. Uh, and, and again, we're, we're very, very early in this process. Mm-hmm. A lot will be revealed uh, in the coming weeks, the coming months, and the coming years. But I agree with you wholeheartedly. This is an exciting time in Phoenix. Yeah, and it's again, this, this is one of the great unwritten, unseen sports stories left in this country. Long-suffering fan base with some level of national appeal, couple of near misses. Uh, I mean, you think about how close Jerry Colangelo got. It came down to that defensive um, breakdown in the John Paxson jump shot in Game 6. I mentioned the Robert Sarver thing with Devin Booker in Game 5 on that, that, that pivotal possession in that pivotal game in the NBA Finals. Yep. We've been very close. Very close. Too many times. The 2022 college football playoff semifinal coming to State Farm Stadium on December 31st. Number two, Michigan. Number three, TCU. Squaring off for the first time ever in the Verbo Fiesta Bowl. Head to the contest page now at ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win a pair of tickets to that game. Coming up next, lots of questions about the Arizona Cardinals moving forward after a bad 2022, including questions maybe about their star wide receiver. We'll get into those and more next. Spickley and Murata mornings here live from the Akchin Community Studios on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Spickley and Murata mornings. the Wednesday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Oxygen Community Studios. Coming up, we'll talk to uh, Al McCoy, our weekly visit with the Hall of Famer, the voice of the Suns. Uh, that's coming up in just a little bit. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals getting ready for... Uh, I forgot for a second who they even played. <laughs> Come on, man. The Buccaneers, I'm dude. Play, I'm playing out the string, too. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in town on Christmas night at State Farm Stadium. Uh, in a game that looks like it's going to be the first pro start for Trace McSorley at quarterback, unless there's major mm-hmm. improvement with Colt McCoy. I don't think Colt McCoy should see the field again uh, this year. But, you know, we got questions over the last three weeks, certainly. There's certain things you want to see, uh, and that is, I, I think, a show of pride and effort. And from what we've seen for the Cardinals, I don't think pride and effort have been the problem. Uh, but once we get past that last game of the year against mm-hmm. San Francisco and you ride off into the offseason with maybe a 13-loss uh, campaign behind you, there's going to be a ton of questions. There's questions about the general manager position. There's questions about uh, the head coach there's questions about a number of different areas and positions on this roster, one of which being uh, one that was considered a strength going into 2022, and that is the wide receiver position. Mm-hmm. They had DeAndre Hopkins under contract. He served his suspension, came back. I think Hopkins, for the most part, has played well. They added Hollywood Brown. Uh, they haven't had their full receiving core uh, together this year, and that'll be 
uh, potentially one of the excuses they use in, mm-hmm. in summing up the 2022 campaign. But DeAndre Hopkins' future, I think, I think it might be murky in Arizona. I, I would say that I, I feel it's there's not even a think involved here. And I think that on some level... Um, not to be alarmist here, but I do think DeAndre Hopkins is going to look to check out Arizona. And I think that for a couple of different reasons. Um, his history in Houston and why he left there, number one. Number two, he's seen what the last couple of years has looked like, which also included a six-game suspension. So, you know, maybe that will play into the role. Maybe he'll feel um, not obligated to Arizona, but maybe he'll feel like I, I, I owe it to them to stick around and fight through this. But we know from Hard Knocks how bad DeAndre Hopkins wants to get into the Hall of Fame. Do you think he's really willing to go into another season in his prime when Kyler Murray might not even be available for the first month. Who knows when he's the, the the lack of clarity in Kyler Murray's future, regardless of when it is he returns, would lead me to believe that DeAndre Hopkins would be looking for a much better situation, a team that is close to winning a championship. Because he's obviously very concerned with his Hall of Fame status. You have pointed out, you know how it is with wide receivers who don't get that championship ring, can leave a mark. Yeah, or especially if he fears that he's not going to make the holiday. exactly. Yeah, and, and exactly. DeAndre Hopkins is going to make a lot of money. His cap hit next year is over thirty million dollars mm-hmm. for wide receiver, mm-hmm. um, which he's great. He's one of the best. But is this offense suited for him? I think it's fair to ask that question too. They've really been unable to unleash anybody, especially DeAndre Hopkins, to his full potential in this offense because it's such a horizontal offense. It's such a dink Mm -hmm. and dunk offense right now. DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best at making plays down the field despite the fact that he's not a a burner. Um, And realistically, you're talking about hard football business decisions. Can you, with a straight face, go into a year? And I think this could go both ways. Would it shock me if DeAndre Hopkins hits the offseason and says, you know what, I want out? No. I came here because I wanted greener pastures after playing in Houston, a team that was going through a rebuild. Cardinals might be going through a rebuild to some degree. That's right. Does he want a part of that? Wouldn't shock me. But it also wouldn't shock me if the Cardinals uh, and whoever's making the decision from a general manager office says... We got so many holes on this team. We can't justify a thirty million dollar cap hit at one, at one wide receiver spot. And so it might be a mutual thing. Yeah, you're at, you're absolutely right about that. So if you were looking at a total rebuild with a new general manager, you would you would have a couple of things that could get you a lot of draft picks in return. Your your draft pick coming out of the season is going to be top five, unless the Cardinals do something ridiculous and win a couple of these games mm-hmm. on the way out. So you're going to have that which you can trade down for a team that wants a quarterback. And, and get a, a a ransom, that that's really the smart play. And I know that you've pointed out maybe you go and get a premier pass rusher or a premier offensive lineman with that top five pick. With with the three quarterbacks coming out this year, and if you get a top three pick, you can trade that down for a king's ransom. So you do that, and then you trade D Hop for some stuff. Now you got a big bucket full of future assets and in the right hands that can be that can lead to uh, uh, to a team that's on much better footing than this current team happens to that's be that's the conditional though in mm-hmm. the right hands 
That is the conditional. Who's making those draft picks? Yeah, is exactly. it Steve Kime? Is it somebody who's a disciple of Steve Kime? Uh, and you know, we'll have plenty of time to go over those options and, yeah. and possibilities. Is it somebody already in the building? Because if it is, that's the that's the easy way out. Mm-hmm. And to me, you need to go get somebody with a proven record of drafting and developing players, not somebody you believe can get the job done. Somebody who's done it. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. You get extra thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, Suns have a new owner. They also took a frustrating loss to the Washington Wizards last night, heading into a very difficult stretch of schedule. We'll talk about all of it with the Hall of Fame voice of the Phoenix Suns, Al McCoy. He joins us next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Susan, CP3 for three. Al, about the Suns. Hall of Famer Suns broadcaster Al McCoy calls in to talk Suns with Bickley and Murata. Suns win. The Suns win. Al, about the Suns. Driven by Sanderson Ford. Every Wednesday we get the opportunity to talk to the Hall of Fame voice of the Phoenix Suns, Al McCoy. And that uh, happens right now as Al joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Al, good morning. How are you today? Hey, good morning. Good morning. Um, I, I think, Al, from from what I saw last night, the Phoenix Suns looked very much like, uh, for most of the game, very much like a team in the middle of December that's got a lot of injuries that was playing the second game of a back-to-back uh, because they, they, they struggled early in that game. But come back, take a 10-point lead, and then lose it. I hope this is not one of those games we put in the file of a missed opportunity um, you know, at, at the end of the season. What were your thoughts on, on last night? Well, certainly they were not in the game in the first half. We didn't see the energy that it's going to take to be successful. Uh, fortunately, uh, they did come back in that third quarter and played the way we know they can. Uh, Landry Shamut uh, certainly led the way. DeAndre Ayton had another great game. But uh, then to get the lead and then see it disappear in the late stages was uh, was not good. It was kind of an uninspiring game, particularly in the first half. Indeed. Uh, the game also came with news that, that the sale of the Suns might be close to being finalized. Um, there's been a lot of good things said about the incoming owner, Matt Ishbia. What are your thoughts on this? As a guy who has seen all sorts of NBA ownership in his time, Al, what, what's your reaction to this? Well, I'm I'm laughing because I really don't have any reaction. Whoever uh, buys the Suns uh, will get a great franchise, and I wish them nothing but the best in a great city. And it sounds as if uh, this is an individual who certainly has the financing uh, to get the job done. It sounds like he has a love for basketball, and those are two pretty big things. So. Uh, Right now, just looking in from the outside, it looks like uh, he could be the man, and a man that can only do good things for the Suns. But right now, it's wait and see. Yeah, Al McCoy, the uh, Hall of Fame voice of the Phoenix Suns, our guest every Wednesday morning here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. Uh, last night was another game, Al, where we saw very lengthy injury reports, inactive lists for both teams. That's a common occurrence in today's NBA, and uh, I know we joke about it uh, before the games on a, on a pretty routine basis. But you know, Bick and I have been talking about this. 
this uh, as well. Um, you know, there's uh, been a reduction in the number of back-to-back games that each team in the NBA plays, but it's really done nothing to curb this trend of, hey, I'm sore, I'm not playing tonight. You know, as you think about this and diagnose, because they're not going to reduce the number of games on the schedule. Is there another way to combat this in your mind, or is this just a trend that's irreversible uh, and we're going to see it for the rest it's of time. Be, it's going to be it's going to be very tough to reverse it because they've allowed teams to rest players uh, and not play individuals for certain games. Yeah, something would have to happen from the top and I'm talking about from the commissioner to set up some type of guidelines uh, uh, you know years ago <clears throat> excuse me years ago uh, when there was an injury it had to be an actual doctor's report on that injury that went into the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, those things have disappeared. And uh, so it's something that would have to be done from the top. But, you know, talking about the injury, and we do have to mention this, uh, Chris Paul, of course, had that great third quarter, all 11 of his points in that period. When he went down with the shoulder injury, that seemed to stop that momentum that the Suns had. So I'm kind of anxious to hear a report on that uh, shoulder of Chris Paul. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right on the money about that, Al. And it, it's, we were talking about this yesterday because this was a second of a back-to-back for the Suns. And, and Chris had come out and said, listen, I, I'm, I'm not into load management. If, if, I'm gonna, if, the, if there are basketball games to be played, I'm going to play them. I'm not going to sit out games. And then he ends up getting hurt um, in a game and hopefully just temporarily. And it just kind of speaks to this, to the uh, maybe the uncertainty or the ambiguity around how you manage a guy like Chris Paul to get him to the finish line. Well, that's true. And I, I felt that he didn't have that spark that he had in the third quarter when he came uh-huh. back after going down with that shoulder injury. And uh, it just seemed to affect the overall team. Again, uh, you look at the bright spots, and I think in the last two games, Landry Shamit has really stepped up. Of course, he had his career high. He hit threes last night. And uh, DeAndre Ayton continues to come up with double-doubles. But that wasn't enough last night. Al McCoy, the Hall of Fame voice of the uh, Phoenix Suns, our guest here, Al About the Suns, every Wednesday on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Bick uh, and I talked about this earlier, too, Al, that it seems like, and maybe it's just bad luck, uh, and hopefully that's all it is, but every time the Suns seem to get a player who's playing at a high level, one of those injuries creeps up. And, you know, Devin Booker went through a stretch where he wasn't playing well, came back, had the 58-point game. Now he's missed two in a row. Um, you know, Josh Okogie has really carved out a role on this team with his hustle, his offensive rebounding, and his defense, and now he's on the injury report. Uh, it's got to be frustrating for this team that that's, that that's going on right now. Well, it seems to be league-wide. I mean, we have so many injuries, so many players setting out, as you talked about earlier. I don't know what the answer is going to be. I just know that Memphis is coming in Friday night, and this is going to be a real challenge for the Suns, and hopefully... Uh, they'll have enough healthy players to get out there and compete. Yeah, there's uh, there's also, uh, I don't know whether there's confusion about this, but uh, there's a hope that if the sale of the team goes through, 
it will sort of allow James Jones to make trades. I don't know if there's been some holds or some some stipulations that he hasn't been able to trade draft picks, but it looks to me like maybe an infusion, maybe getting the Jay Crowder done, the deal done finally, w- would help this basketball team now, given their injuries and given their vulnerability right now. Your thoughts on that with, with this stretch of schedule that's ahead of the team? Well, it's going to be a tough schedule, no question about it. I don't know how quickly this ownership can take place. I have a feeling not too quickly because everything has to be approved by the league, by the NBA, and that usually takes time. Uh, You just have to, uh, you know, keep your fingers crossed that the Suns are going to remain to be healthy. Now, Cameron Payne continues to be out. Mm -hmm. We don't get hardly any report on his situation. And uh, you just uh, have to have healthy players if you're going to win basketball games. And I think every team is learning that. In the NBA, you can look uh, at all the things that take place. The Golden State, they're missing their guy. They're losing uh, uh, games. And uh, you have to have healthy players. And right now, that's been the bugaboo all over the NBA. Yeah, and going back to what you said earlier, too, Al, it'll be curious to see if Chris Paul wakes up sore or more injured than he thought last night. That point guard position could get really interesting. No question about it, and uh, we'll see what happens on Friday. At least the Suns have a couple of days to get healthy. That is true. Al, thank you so much, as always, for joining us. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, and we will talk to you again next week. Happy holidays, everybody. Thank you, Al McCoy, the Hall of Fame voice of the Phoenix Suns, joining us every Wednesday here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Um, yeah, listen, it, it's this is interesting because I don't know, like, for instance, and, and I've not been able to find any clarity on this, but let's let's examine this one little element. If, if there was a hold on trading future assets because of the sale of the team, if that's mandated by the league or it's just something that, that owners do, it, can James Jones activate and trade these guys now even if the deal is not finalized you know what i mean or or do you have or does he have to wait for this process to get through entirely which for this to happen again uh if you want to hold this up to other examples recent examples in the nba the utah approval once the deal was finalized for new ownership the board of governor approval took about six weeks that would take you to about february 1st yeah. which is right around that time of the of, of the trade deadline yeah. it, it could get interesting getting, getting kind of tight maybe it can be expedited because of where they are in the calendar the Utah deal went down in October, wasn't finalized till December. That's a much different time in the NBA because you don't have that that looming trade and, deadline. And they're also you talk about expediting it. This is also involves an owner that the NBA wants to usher out of the league. That is so true. they might quicken the timeline to facilitate this. Yeah. Some inspiration there, some yeah. motivation, a little bit of motivation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's amazing what an extra billion dollars on a bid can do to get this process rolling in the first well, place, huh? D- <laughs> Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, thanks again to Al McCoy for joining us. Coming up next, the NFL could be a mess this weekend. And I'm not talking about quality of play. I'm talking about Mother Nature wreaking havoc oh, on a boy. lot of games. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here live from the Auction Community Studios on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks.
My man Dan Bickley loves him some weather football. I, he does. He loves it. I agree. The snow, you're, I don't know why. Rain and slop guy, too, or just snow mostly? No, I, I, I all of it works for me. So yeah. is the best. I think Jared's the slop guy, isn't he? He is the slop guy. Oh, I love slop. Oh, slop. He is, he is the Lionel Messi of producers, <laughs> and in Messi, I mean M-E-S-S-Y. <laughs> I can throw him some smoke, right? And Absolutely. also by that, you mean he's not the greatest of all time. <laughs> that too. That I mean, too. He, he trashes the rest of us when we're gone, so we can do the right, same. Right, exactly. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Enjoy your trip, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's going He's going to a Mexican resort that is all-inclusive, all-you-can-eat. Do, oh, do you know what damage he is going to cause at an all-you-can-eat resort? I will never oh, financially recover from this. Oh. Headlines of this get hour. some more of that machaca? An all-inclusive Mexican resort has shut its doors. <laughs> yeah. to one man. That because man, of one furry freak. 40-year-old Jarrett Carlin of Phoenix. Carne asada simply does not exist in Mexico Ate anymore. his body weight it's in gone. carnitas. <laughs> Right, that's what he's going to be. Delicious. All right, so uh, the weather this weekend, Vinny, there's a... It's frightful. Yes. And the fire is so so delightful. delightful. There's a polar vortex coming to uh, the Midwest and parts of the East Coast. Good name Uh, for a band. Yeah, it isn't bad. I agree with that. Um, The forecast is going to be just crazy. First of all, it's going to be an incredibly cold Christmas for most of this country. But there are a couple of places where it is going to be insane. Let's start with Cleveland, which is right on the shores of Lake Erie. And I'm telling you, it gets bitter there. It's going to be 11 degrees at kickoff with a real feel of minus 21 degrees, Uh, minus 21. uh, And that's because there are going to be 36 mile per hour winds with gusts up to 63 miles an hour. That's cold, Vinny. Uh, In Chicago, it's going to be it's going to be one of those days in Chicago, kind of like it is with Cleveland. They're also on one of the Great Lakes, Lake Michigan. Twelve degrees at kickoff. Real feel of minus thirteen. Yeah, pretty bad. Winds there too. Yeah, uh, and it's always windy there, but up to thirty-five miles an hour from what I was able to gather. Yeah, in Nashville where it gets surprisingly cold, it's going to be twenty with a real feel of six. Mm. New England twenty-seven, real feel of ten. Kansas City where it can get bitter is going to be twelve degrees with minus four as the wind chill or real feel as they call it these days. Baltimore is going to be twenty-five with a wind chill of twelve, and Carolina thirty-three, wind chill of twenty-seven, and then Pittsburgh. Bad too. Eight degrees at kickoff, real feel of minus 14. So you've got three cities with dangerous levels of cold. And how much you want to bet we see shirtless NFL fans at all of those stadiums? Right. Yeah. And spending the next day in a hypothermia tent wing of a hospital. Yeah. And and let's take it a step further, shall we? Mm -hmm. These fans that feel like they're compelled to take their shirts off in the extreme cold weather have bodies that nobody wants to see even in warm weather. That is true. You don't see me walking around with my shirt off, do you? Are you saying, are you saying bodies built for the depths of the ocean? Is that what you're saying, Vinny? We love a confident man, though. That is true. There is something to be said for it, baby. rocking out. Whatever it I is. I think there's a very fine line between confidence and a total lack of self-awareness. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I completely agree with and that. Are you visual, talking about me? And the visual well-being of others. <laughs> the visual well-being of others. Touche. Um, yeah. Even in Miami. Temperatures are going to be in the 50s and a chance of showers. Oh, no. (laughs) How will they get by? 
<laughs> yeah, Green Bay is playing at Miami on Christmas Day. They're like, wow, so, 50s and rainy? Sign us up. This is what's going to be interesting, and it's it's going to hit differently here because it's going to be beautiful on Christmas. It's going to be 70 degrees here, right? It's just ideal. And we're going to be watching football in cities where people are just literally turning into human icicles. It's the perfect reminder yes. uh, at this time of the year that mm-hmm. the, the song White Christmas was written right here at the Arizona Biltmore. It was. By Irving because, Berlin. Because the weather conditions, while he wrote that song, were very similar to what we're going to get on Sunday. Right. And and he was feeling, while sitting at the pool at the Biltmore, that same wistfulness that we all feel when we look at our places back home. When it's mm-hmm. snowy and sentimental and beautiful and winter wonderlands and, yeah. Looks gorgeous, but you don't yeah. have to feel Listen, that wind chill. <laughs> snow does look gorgeous. It's, everything is great until you have to drive in it. Ugh, everything is great. Worst. Gets into your boots. I'm telling you, as as somebody who grew up in Chicago, this time of year it's the worst because quite literally, if it days will get so cold that if you try to walk from one place to another in the city, you will probably have to duck into two buildings or two coffee shops just to get warm, just to dethaw, because the 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 pain that comes with the cold just eats at you. Yeah, I've I've been in a situation like that. The coldest I've ever been in my life. DeKalb, Illinois. Oh, in December. Yeah, it was on Corn a road, country road trip with uh, the the hometown of Cindy Crawford. By the way, um, I did was you in, know that was one of our social studies questions. I did the boy. coldest weather you've ever been in. Well, I'll share oh, my story now. Okay, or should I? Should I hold? No, on? go ahead. Hold on. Do what Dan Bickley says. Tell me what to do, Bick. <laughs> you just said go ahead, right? Yeah, go ahead. Vince, yeah. Um, I was on a road trip with ASU women's basketball. We had a day game against Northern Illinois, and it was just... I don't know why I had a hankering for coffee. Maybe it's because I was so cold. I I need something warm. The hotel coffee was terrible. And there was a coffee shop, like, I don't know, within very short walking distance. Mm -hmm. I was like, I can brave this. Five minutes away from the hotel, halfway to the coffee shop, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I thought I was going to freeze to death. Yeah. (laughs) Oh no. And, and I am not built for that. And and there is nothing worse when you when you leave like a restaurant on a real cold day and then you get into your car and your car is frigid on the inside mm-hmm. and the seats are rock hard because they're so cold. Yeah. And that coldness now messes with you and now you start getting nauseated because your stomach is full. Lauren, you're nodding your head like you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know all too well what you're talking about. My family still lives back in Chicago. And ah. so when we go out there for the holidays, it's me falling on a lot of black ice. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Yeah, and oh, driving an ice, oi. So, uh, so to me, this is... Uh, this is going to be fun to watch, and it's going to be a fun to watch from sunny Arizona. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, talked about this earlier. Quick, there's there's more details on this uh, YouTube deal. That's YouTube TV uh, as the new home for the NFL Sunday Ticket. There's a report out there from Pro Football Talks Mike Florio. YouTube is going to pay two point five billion dollars per year for the NFL Sunday Ticket package. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> $2.5 billion a year. Goodness gracious. The revenues never stop in this league, do they? 
And that's what people say. Roger Goodell's doing a great job as the commissioner of the NFL. Who else could have brokered a $2.5 billion? The answer, anybody. <laughs> anybody could have done that. You're right about that. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, we will get into social studies, even though I already told my story. Sheesh. I'll tell it for a new audience now. Oh, I'm just joking. Now, social studies with Sarah Cazell straight ahead. It's Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.